Welcome back to the Premature Millionaire Show. I'm your host, Dahi Dooley, and I, like you, am a premature millionaire. Today, I want to talk about common financial mistakes people often make. We all make mistakes, and unfortunately, it's just a way of life. Like a famous philosopher once said, you live and you learn. I think the biggest mistake I've seen people of any age make is not contributing to their 401k. Young people have the advantage that older people do not. Time. I think starting out, everyone should at least match what their employers are contributing to their 401k. I like to think about it as planting a tree. The more nurturing and time you give it, the bigger and stronger the tree will grow. The same needs to be done with your 401k. Today's clip from YouTube features five common financial mistakes that people make. If you like the show and want to show support to the Premature Millionaire Show with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, check the link in the description. Thanks for listening, and now your YouTube clip. How's it going today, guys? Welcome back to the channel. Hope you're having a great day so far. So in this video here, we're going to be talking about the biggest financial mistakes that people make, particularly in their 20s. Now, some of these are mistakes that I have made myself, and I'm going to share my personal experience with each of these, and others are mistakes that I'm seeing other people making out there. So I hope you guys get a tremendous amount of value out of this video, and if you do, I would appreciate it if you would drop a like and make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Well, let's go ahead and get started here by starting off with number one, what I believe to be the biggest mistake people are making, especially as young people, and that is skipping the 401k contributions altogether. Now, I honestly can't blame young people for this mistake because what it comes down to is a lack of education about what a 401k is, what compound interest is, and how this all ties in together. But just because you know the schooling system has failed to educate you on this does not mean that it's not extremely important. So if you're one of these young people out there that have no idea what a 401k is, you don't know if you're contributing or you know for a fact that you aren't contributing, I certainly hope this part of this video motivates you to at least consider contributing a small amount of money to your 401k. So just how bad is this problem? Well, according to a survey by Money Under 30, 51.6% of millennials are not contributing to a 401k. So the majority of millennials, the majority of young people out there are saving nothing in their 401ks for retirement. And that just absolutely blows my mind. And this is going to be a massive problem 20, 30, or 40 years down the road when this group of young people is looking to retire and they're wondering why they have no money to retire. What you have to understand here is that compound interest is what we call the time value of money. And you have to give your money a very long time to grow in order for it to grow into a meaningful amount. And I wanna walk you guys through an example here. Let's say you decide to contribute $100 a week to your 401k, and that's honestly not a lot of money. That is maybe one trip out to eat or two trips out to eat every single week. Um, we're not talking about a crazy amount of money here, $100 a week, and let's say you're earning an average return of around 8% per year over a very long period of time. Well, let's say somebody decides to do that from age 20 to age 65, $100 a week, going into the 401k, earning an 8% return. Well, by age 65, they would have $1.86 million, a very hefty retirement, a very large amount of money there. 
But let's say on the other hand, one of their friends decides, well, you know what, I'm not going to start doing that until I'm 30 years old. So rather than contributing 100 a week from 20 to 65, they wait until 30 to 65. At the same exact yield, they're only going to have $827,000. So just to make this simple for you guys, that is a $1 million mistake. By waiting until age 30 to contribute towards your retirement, instead of starting at age 20, you just cost yourself $1 million from that 401k on a $100 per week contribution. So that is what is important here. It's the amount of time that you're allowing your money to grow, not necessarily how much money you are investing. So if you know for a fact that you're not contributing to your 401k, that is a very important thing you should be doing as a young person. And I hope you at least are open to the idea of doing that now. And at the very least, what I always tell people is if your employer is matching your contributions, oftentimes you know, you'll see employers matching up until a certain amount always maximize what they're going to match. So one of my former employers, they would match 50% up to 3%. And so I would contribute 6% of my pay into my 401k and they would give me 3% for free. It's literally free money that so many people are not taking advantage of. It just completely blows my mind. Okay, mistake number two is buying an expensive car. Now this is something I've done myself and it's a video I did on my channel way back before I had a lot of subscribers. I'll link up to it in the description below. And it's how I lost $9,480 in one year by owning a car that was like a flashy car. Now, the scary part of this is I bought a car that was a 2007, and this was back in, I believe, 2016. So this was a nine-year-old car that I still managed to lose just shy of $10,000 on in the course of one year. And that was largely due to the fact that I overpaid for it. And then I traded it in. I basically made every mistake you could make in the book when it came to buying and selling that car. But the scary part is it could have been a lot worse if I bought a, a brand new car, uh, you know, a one or two year old car right off the lot or something like that, for example, you can end up losing a massive amount of money by buying an expensive car. So if you guys want to check out that video, I'm going to link it up in the description below. But cars are what you call a depreciating asset. Uh, the assets that you want in your life are appreciating assets like stocks and bonds and real estate, things that tend to go up in value. While a car is technically an asset, uh, most cars are depreciating assets, meaning every single year they are worth less and less money. And if you make this mistake of going out there and buying a brand new car or buying an expensive car, you're going to end up upside down on that car uh, to the point where basically how much you owe is more than what that car is actually worth. And you're going to be stuck paying back this car payment for years to come on a car that's not even worth what you owe on it. And it's just a really bad situation to be in. And I see so many young people making this mistake. Now you might be asking yourself, well, how much money should you be spending on a car? And I wanna share with you guys what my opinion of this is. So in my opinion, your total monthly vehicle expenses, including your insurance and including your car payment should be no more than 10% of your pre-tax monthly income. So uh, this is a pretty conservative number, but I can pretty much guarantee you guys this is gonna keep you out of trouble when it comes to your vehicle expenses. So let's say for example, you made $5,000 per month in pre-tax income. That means that your total vehicle expenses should be around $500. So maybe it's a $400 car payment and $100 for your monthly insurance payments. 
Where you run into trouble is when you see somebody with $3,000 of pre-tax income per month with a $750 you know, vehicle expense a month that it just does not make financial sense. And there are so many people out there that are making, you know, maybe $30,000, $40,000 per year driving brand new Ford F-150s or cars that they just can't afford. And then they wonder why they have no money at the end of the month. Okay, the third huge financial mistake that people are making in their 20s is getting into debt with student loans. Now, I'm not saying that college is necessarily a bad thing. Um, I went to college, I got a two-year degree in electrical construction, and now here I am making YouTube videos. So obviously, I'm not using my college education, but it cost me altogether $12,000 over the course of two years, and I was fortunate enough to have some money from my grandfather that paid for college. So I was blessed to not have to go into debt, but even so, you know, I went to community college to keep that uh, expense as low as possible. The problem you run into here is when people are going to college for what I call a non-marketable skill, something that is not very useful, uh, a degree that is not going to allow you to make decent money, and then you are in debt, in some cases six figures of debt with a degree that's not going to earn you any money. It just doesn't make sense to do this. One of the things I frequently talk about on this channel is getting involved with skilled trades, whether it's you know being a plumber or an electrician or a carpenter. These are skills that don't require you to go to college or go into debt that are going to allow you to make a lot of money. But at the end of the day, the number one thing, the most important piece of this is you're doing what you are passionate about. And if you don't wanna be an electrician, obviously don't do that. But I always recommend if you're going to go to college, at least have some kind of plan as to what you're gonna do after college and how much money you can make with that degree. And one of the things I always like to say when I'm talking about looking at the trades versus looking at college is let's say it's midnight and all of a sudden you find out you have a burst pipe in your basement. You're gonna be calling a plumber. You're gonna be going, oh shit, I need a plumber, all right? You're never gonna be in a situation where you go, oh shit, I need an art history major. It's just not a skill that's gonna be in massive high demand. And so it's just something that people don't consider is the demand and the need for that service. Uh, again, plumbing is not for everybody, but it is a skill that is in high demand. And when you need a plumber, you really need one. And that's when you're gonna be opening your pockets and uh, you know shelling out some dough. Okay, financial mistake number four. I know it's going to get me some flack in the comment sections below, but I just have to say it. I have pets myself. I have two cats named Ava and Stormy. I'll put up some photos on the screen here for you. But pets are one of the biggest financial mistakes that people make in their 20s. Now, I, like I said, I have two cats. I love them. They're one of my favorite things that I own. Um, and so I would never change the fact that I have two cats. I really enjoy the companionship and everything. But at the end of the day, if you strip away the whole emotional attachment to your pets and you just look at the dollars and cents, this is a huge expense every single month to be a pet owner. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't own a pet if you really want to. It's a very important part of your life but you should consider the financial obligations involved with owning a pet, and a lot of people don't do this. Uh, they end up buying a dog or adopting a cat or adopting an animal, thinking, okay, you know what, this dog's only gonna cost me $1,000 or $500, and that is literally just the beginning. Uh, you know, I, I've ran the numbers here for what I'm paying for my cats, but I know just from owning dogs my entire life, it is way more expensive than you think going in, especially when all you look at is the dollar value you're paying for that pet 
at the very beginning. So just for me, for an example, with my two cats, every single month I spend about $25 on food, uh, $40 on litter for my cats, $120 per month on pet insurance. Now pet insurance, the one that I have, it covers everything. Shots, vaccinations, um, spaying, anything that comes up, it's covered. And personally, I would rather be paying for pet insurance rather than having these unforeseen expenses, but you don't necessarily need to have pet insurance. And then I also have to pay pet rent at my apartment, coming up to a grand total of $210 per month. Now for me, that's really not that much money, but for some people that is a significant chunk of change and it's something you need to consider when you are buying an animal. Now I would say for a general rule of thumb, it's gonna cost you about $150 per month for a pet. And you also have to consider if you're not gonna go the route of getting pet insurance, there's gonna be those unforeseen expenses along the way. Uh, and you should really be planning for those. That way you don't have to end up putting it on a credit card. But that can be a huge financial burden for people is buying a pet when they're not thinking about the long-term costs of owning that animal. All right, and finally, number five here, the fifth huge financial mistake young people are making. It's a mistake that I almost made myself is avoiding risk. Now, I know this might sound kind of weird to you guys because you might be thinking risk, you know, maybe you're thinking of the lottery, maybe you're thinking of, uh, I don't know, something you're gonna lose money when you're risking your money, but risk can be one of the greatest things that you can do in your life, is risking something. Risking the time that you're putting in something, risking your money, and I'm not talking about the lottery here. What I'm talking about is something that comes up in your path that might not necessarily seem like the right thing to do on paper, but you decide to do it anyway because you have all of the years ahead of you to offset that risk. And I wanna share with you guys my story about that uh, to show you what I mean by this. So like I said, I went ahead and I got my two-year degree in electrical construction. I worked for the local power utility for a little bit over two years, and I honestly hated my job. I did not enjoy what I was doing day to day. And so on the side, I started this little YouTube channel. I was making videos in my room, uh, drawing stuff on a whiteboard, making like financial videos, and I really enjoyed doing this. And I said, you know what? I would absolutely love it if every single day, this is what I did. You know, I put together ideas on paper, I made YouTube videos, that would be a lot of fun. But I looked at the numbers here and I said, okay, at my job I'm making, uh, I was making about $60,000 at the time. And when I was looking at my YouTube channel, I was making less than $1,000 per month. So financially, looking at those numbers, it would make absolutely no sense to quit a union job with great benefits, earning 60K a year, guaranteed six figures within five years. But I made the decision anyway to say, I don't wanna do this anymore, and I went all in with this YouTube channel, and now I've scaled this up to a really great online business for myself. And had I been afraid to take that risk and take that leap of faith, I would still be stuck in a position doing this job that I really did not enjoy. And so you can't always look at everything as dollars and cents on a piece of paper. You have to look at it as what are you going to enjoy doing at the end of the day and do not be afraid of taking some risk as a young person. Avoiding risk is, in my opinion, a huge financial mistake that people are making and it's one that I almost fell into myself. But anyways, guys, that's gonna wrap up this video. This is what I believe to be the five biggest financial mistakes to avoid in your 20s. Drop me a comment down below if you guys have made any of these mistakes or if you have any to add to this list. Um, I would love to hear what you guys have to say. But thank you so much for watching this video. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you in the next one.